Hello and welcome to The So-So Show. It's Southampton's own podcast yeah. presented by her, Zoe Hansen. And him, Simon Clark. How are you, Simon? I'm good, thank you. We've got so much to get through this week. So much has happened in Southampton over the last seven days. And a bit later as well, we're going to be catching up with a charity trying to make sure those struggling to get meals for their family are getting help. This is something that's been in the news a lot during the course of the week with Marcus Rashford being the very public figure of it all. But we'll talk about how it's happening here in the city later as well. How's your week been? Well, my week has been rather quiet and my week has involved much less cooking and much less uh, throwing bags of crisps up the stairs <laughs> because my little one has been staying with my folks who live about 100 miles away in Bristol. Um, and so little one has gone down there. I'm going to follow her down for a few days. And um, yeah, do you know what? She's having a whale of a time. I, on the other hand, two hours after leaving her was probably like, oh, um, I'm sort of missing her now. Why it's too quiet at home. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. And I bet that didn't last long. <laughs> no, no, not much. Not much. But meantime, Nanny and Pops were doing a Zoom call with their friends. And Lois pipes up and says to their mates, I'm staying with Nanny and Pops for a rest because my mummy had started to annoy me. (laughs) Okay. Only started. I was further down the line than you, mate. (laughs) So what have you been getting up to with your newfound Zoe Freedom? Right. So this was perfect timing because the shops reopened on Monday, right? Yeah, they did. I was down there at nine o'clock. If you're on our social media, you will have seen the video that I did. I did a time-lapse video of the queue for Primark. It looked like a big dramatic queue, but actually it went down in about 20 minutes. Look, hands up. I queued up. I thought I would give you (laughs) So So Show listeners the true experience of going into Primark when it first opens after three months of closing. Um, Do you know what? It was a really nice experience. It was 20 minutes. We were queuing in the sunshine. And then when you got in the shop, of course, because they're limiting the amount of people that can go in, it's not as much of a bun fight. You know what I mean? I'm finding exactly the same with the supermarket, so I can get that. Yeah, it's nice there being less people in. Yeah, you get, you've got a bit of room, you can see everything. It's much nicer. So I queued for 20 minutes to go into Primark. I bought about 100 quid's worth of stuff. I bought about 100 quid's worth of stuff because my little one has grown 12 centimetres in lockdown. Wow. That means her leggings are now shorts. I I measured her the other day because I was like, no, you are growing so fast. 12 centimetres in three months. I have also grown 12 (laughs) centimetres in three months. I don't know if we were able to measure that by me standing up against a wall, though. I've probably gone a bit more widthways. So I went in there and I bought some clothes for myself and I've gone up a size. Only problem is now that I've got to go and queue to take most of them back because even those are too small. Oh, no. (laughs) I know, I know. Actually, thinking about all of these queuing systems, I went into Westkey as well. Every third shop is open, something like that. But the Apple Store is open. They've got their own queue. And then you've got, you know, Zara and New Look and all of that. They've all got their own queue. What I thought was we could make this more interesting and we could make it a bit more like Disneyland by using like a fast pass deli counter ticketing system. So you don't have to queue. What you do is you go up and you get your time slot for going in. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Do yeah. you think that's going to work? I think so. M- maybe. Total genius. That's what I think. Yeah. But 
it's going to end up being like a parents evening at school where at secondary <laughs> school you have appointment slots with the different teachers and all it takes yeah. is the maths teacher to overrun <laughs> and all of a sudden it throws the rest of your visit into complete yeah, chaos yeah, 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 yeah. and it all falls apart so whilst i can see the logic in what you're saying that's fine as long as your visit to the apple store is only going to take the 10 minutes you've allowed and that never happens <laughs> that's it i can see everybody stood at the tills in zara thinking oh but i'm supposed to be at sports direct in 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> that's where it all falls down yeah yeah it would be a great way of giving all those magicians who haven't got functions to entertain at something to do <laughs> yeah. by having them walking up and down the queues yeah. and doing tricks yeah. and entertaining. Well, they had buskers there on Monday. They had some buskers right. there. And, and do you know what? That made a hell of a difference. You know, the sun was out. What was bizarre, right? And there were loads of people slating everybody for going shopping on Monday. What do you really need? You can't have worn your trousers out. But there was a real buzz of excitement there was a real air of happiness and it's because it's a bit of normality oh yeah people weren't i don't think they were going shopping because they absolutely needed to but you know what there's that need in you to just feel like something is normal Mm. you know as soon as the pubs open nobody's going to be moaning about people queuing outside of those are they no one's going to be moaning about the price of a pint either right i'll just be grateful to get one so leave the shoppers alone right it sounds like you had a, a very successful trip and it sounds like it was a pleasant experience yes oh and i've got a little tip for you okay so next in hedge end they have reopened they have got a sale on at the moment they've sort of called it a silent sale because they've put the sale on but they haven't said anything but it's their sort of winter or their sort of spring range and they have to try and get rid of all of this stuff before the next next sale starts in two weeks time so if you want to grab a bargain off you go and the next next sale when it happens which will be the proper summer next sale yep. the queues for that will be twice as long as normal yeah. because you're having to leave the space <laughs> yeah 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 they're doing that proper like 6am opening and uh, and all of that the Starbucks there on that retail park always opens at about 4 in the morning to cope with all the people who have already started queuing really <laughs> early to get in when I used to do an early morning radio show I would drive past it at about half past 4 and be staggered at not only at the length of the queue for the next but also the length of the queue for people waiting to get their coffee at Starbucks wow so one of the other big things happening in Southampton this week is the return of Premiership Football and we'll talk more about that in just a bit but now we'd like to introduce you to our guest. It's Rachel Hall from City Catering Southampton. Now they're a charity set up in Southampton. They serve 1.8 million school meals each year 35,000 meals for vulnerable adults in the city and over the summer it's all about easing food insecurity. What's food insecurity? Well let's let Rachel tell you more. It's really about just not knowing where your next meal or your next bag of groceries is coming from. So just imagine not knowing if you'd have enough food to feed your family over the summer or any school holiday. That's food insecurity. So let's say last summer, how many people do you think are living with food insecurity? You'll have seen Marcus Rashford has got behind uh, a campaign to extend free school meals funding for children over the summer holidays and the numbers that are coming out of that campaign are talking about 1.3 million children affected by food insecurity across the country but actually from our research um, and our understanding of the the, the problem pre-lockdown we were looking at 3 million nearly 4 million of children affected um, by food poverty so 
it probably is a statistical thing where you can slice it any way you like. And talk us through your lockdown story because um, obviously those numbers will have gone up um, in this situation during the pandemic. So lots of things have happened for our charity during the lockdown. Um, not least our number of care meals that we serve uh, around the city um, have doubled for a number of weeks where um, more and more vulnerable adults are needing some support in getting their hot meal for the day. Where school meals and, and children are concerned over the lockdown, um, things have changed really considerably for us as a charity and as a, as a school meal provider in that we're probably seeing about 10%, maybe 11% of uh, children being served school meals that we would normally see. So we're serving fewer meals in school for certain, but of course the number of families that are being affected by unemployment is skyrocketing. I think the numbers released this morning um, show that numbers of people uh, claiming unemployment benefits has doubled to 2.5 million people. So of course the number of free school meals eligible families is going to be on, on the rise and certainly we've seen that coming through in a sort of with a set figure from the school based on what uh, those children that were eligible in term time has been creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. So we're getting more and more boxes of groceries sent out every day. When do they get the grocery boxes? Do they get one every week? Is it one per family or? So it's one per child. So effectively what we have been doing since lockdown started is putting together uh, a week's worth of groceries for every child that would normally be receiving a free school meal. So to the equivalent spend, if you like, okay. of, of five days worth of free school meals, but in groceries for, for that family to collect, or some schools are delivering direct to individual families' homes, uh, just depending on their circumstance. Some of them are shielding, can't get out and about. Some of them are very concerned about coronavirus and not wanting to come into school. So it's been a real mix of circumstances, but. The overriding story is that families are needing food. The grocery boxes that you've been sending out, are they well received? Yes, they've been incredibly well received. Um, lots of reports of families being really grateful for the, for the additional groceries to help feed their family for the week. One of the things that we are going to do slightly differently though over the summer is that we are going to put together boxes that make a recipe. Okay. families and send them the recipe as well amazing um so what's in the box is more of a it makes a meal as opposed to topping up store cupboards so what we've been sending out are um staples really um, so potatoes carrots milk cheese bread tomatoes fruits a few little treats in there as well so the feedback that we've had that um, where we can improve things is to put together boxes where actually you can make a meal it doesn't just uh, mm -hmm. top up the cupboard yeah. so that's something we'll change and, and do differently for the summer and what do you need now is there anything that we can do to help we just need some more um, shout outs really um, one of the things that we're doing uh, to try and raise funds is we put some quiz packs up on our website that mm -hmm. you can download for a few pounds and um, so that's just a, a really quick way to um to help it's every 15 pounds we raise get some groceries to a family to make some meals and, and feel, feed that family so it's, you can really quickly make some impact but also it's about spreading the word so that actually 
it's not just about you donating it's about telling family friends contacts that we need some support so citycateringsouthampton.co.uk everything's on there so how much would you need to feed a family over the summer holidays do you think obviously it depends on the size of the family but if you want a sort of headline number i guess you're looking at sort of 360 400 pounds okay also would help us feed a family of four uh for the six week break it's still it's still going to be a tough summer for a lot of families yes absolutely um, and, and more that's families not gonna, yeah very much so and that's that's not going to solve everything for them but it'll help so you need the funds uh, marcus rashford you mentioned him earlier has launched this amazing campaign what's your take on all of that for us we just really welcome marcus rashford's voice on the on the issue and um, obviously it shines a spotlight on something that we've been trying to um, influence policy around uh, funding holiday provision for, for for a good long time so anything that anyone in that position with you know he's got a huge reach huge fan base um, and some clout you want to hope um, in um, telling his story it's so heartfelt it's so real isn't it yeah um, so anything he can do to shine a light on the issue is, is hugely welcomed but it's not new that's what I would say right it's not a new issue it's something that has been affecting three four million children and across the country and um, for, for a good number of years and actually it's not just the summer children are hungry all year round so it's 13 weeks of the year that schools are closed it's not just the summer holidays obviously summer holidays is the longest patch so six weeks is a long time to go hungry in one block so what do you say to people i've heard lots of people say well okay well if you decide to have three children and you can't support them that's not down to me yeah there's there's obviously so many different sides to this argument everyone's got their own view of course um and you can debate uh, all of those different perspectives um with quite some energy i know there are lots of uh, conversations going on about that very topic um at the moment but for us as a charity what it comes down to is there's a hungry child that needs food. So it doesn't matter what your politics, what the standpoint on um, who should pay is, the fact remains that there's a hungry kid and for us that's not okay. I can feel myself welling up when you say that. You know, imagine if your next door neighbour didn't have enough money to feed their family, you would take them round some groceries or you would make them a dinner that's what we're saying is this is local this is happening right here and these people need our help yeah i think it, it of course decisions need to be made in in central government policy needs to be set and there are all sorts of really important discussions that need to happen around that i can't imagine any of us walking away from that if we saw it you know in our neighborhood mm-hmm. so yeah it is about imagining Imagine that's your family, and, and perhaps for some of your listeners, that is their family. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, it's going to come come closer to for many of us. It's going to get closer and closer as a prospect um, because unemployment is you know is is growing so considerably. So yeah, it's not that hard to imagine in your neighbourhood now. Rachel Hall, the chief exec of City Catering in Southampton, who are doing an amazing job on trying to reduce food insecurity at a time 
when with unemployment and children not at school, it's bound to be on the rise. So if people want to find out more about City Catering, Zoe, they're easy to find online, I guess? Yes, absolutely. They're on all of the social media. City Catering Southampton is probably what you want to search for. And if you are able to help, and we're not talking about turning up with food, but just highlighting the situation then, uh, you know, they'd love a few retweets at the very least. Absolutely. And because, you know, I said I'd done my 10K. Yeah. I did my 10K for City Catering. And I think I've raised about 450 quid. If if you could even just add a little bit to that pot, come on, we could get that up to 500 quid, couldn't we? If you get to 500 quid, that's one and a half families being fed during yeah. the school holidays over the six weeks period. Uh-huh. So we'll stick the link to Zoe's page on our social media, The So So Show, if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. You'll already know where we are. But if you're not, do it, please. And you can keep up with uh, some of the other stuff that we post when we're not here with the podcast. You get to see Zoe's wonderful chariots of fire moment as she crossed the finish line at the end of her 10K. <laughs> I mean, I look like a big red blob coming towards yeah, that Yeah, but it was a triumphant moment and it <laughs> needs to be celebrated. Now, talking of triumph, this weekend, Southampton football fans get to see their team play for the first time in over three months wow. with that game against Norwich. And I've been watching football quite a bit in the last couple of months because my lad's a Dortmund fan. So we've been watching the games and they've been really sterile is a word that I would use because there's no crowds there. There's no cheering, yeah, there's yeah. no nothing. But with the Premiership returning, they've decided they're going to dub on crowd noise. It's weird. I'm so sorry. But the only message I sent last night was about there's... Crowd noise, but no crowd. I just found it too weird. No, I think it's brilliant. And when they sing, and oh, the greatest team the world has ever seen. (laughs) And it's... Like, it's really just weird. I was trying to make out whose crowd they were using. And you can't hear anything. You can't make out a team name or anything else. If you had watched a game without any crowd noise, you would have a different view altogether. (laughs) Because seriously, anything is better than nothing. And with the Dortmund game we were watching, when people score... They've got the chance for the player which they play. So I'm looking forward to Danny Ings, King of the Scummers, chanting (laughs) out from the telly. And um, the other thing, of course, that they need to have, which they probably don't, is that chant when the ref makes a bad decision. Uh It's not going to be right watching Kevin Friend refing a Southampton game and not at some point hearing, you don't know what you're doing, coming out from the crowd. They should have used that on VAR with that Sheffield um, United game, right? There should have been a VAR is one of our own, yeah. which they could just drop in. Maybe they could use the same crowd noise at Ascot. So Ascot goes on this weekend, right? <laughs> they just have the chanting. They just have the Just hold on to that for a second. <laughs> Watching horse racing with football chants. And put the horse racing commentary on the football. <laughs> I think this would work, don't you? You give the sound man a coronary <laughs> trying to do that. But it would make it all so much less sterile, much more entertaining, wouldn't it? Next, you'll be suggesting they stick the Benny Hill music underneath any striker that's making a run for the goal. Please, let's do it. So football's <laughs> returning. It looks like weddings won't be coming back for a while, though, because we are still waiting on guest numbers. 
being able to be increased. What's the figure you've heard? Um, so I heard that they were only allowed to have 25% capacity. So until those numbers start to lift, it looks like more and more brides and grooms are going to have to postpone their summer wedding plans. Now, we caught up with some brides recently who were due to get married over the summer. And we asked them how they decided to mark the day they should have been getting married. Hiya, our names are Molly and Lee and we were meant to be getting married on May the 24th at Burley Manor. We definitely tried to make the most of our special day still. We celebrated our love with lots of smiles, laughter and definitely a few tears. We made a cake. We had a social distance picnic with some family. But most importantly, we toasted to us and our future. It was a little bit different, but we still made it special. Hi, I'm Pippa, and James and I were going to be getting married on the 18th of April 2020 at Burley Manor in the New Forest. Instead, we made a blanket fort that covered the entire living room with fairy lights everywhere, and we sat underneath it for the whole day watching films and eating pizza. I'm Pascal, and my fiancé Ben and I were supposed to get married on Saturday 30th of May at Three Choirs Vineyard in Wickham. We first considered postponing because of the crisis uh, back in March and managed to secure a date for October this year. We've been engaged since October 2018 and together 10 years next year, so figured a few more months to wait wouldn't hurt. Uh, the lead-up to what would have been our day was, was hard, it just felt like limbo, but the day itself turned out to be pretty perfect. We were quite emotional in the morning, um, but we toasted over breakfast and decided to exchange rings for the day. Um, I'd bought a cheap white dress and was determined to spend the day in that, and our photographer Tom had actually emailed the day before about taking some pictures at our venue to mark the occasion, uh, and this turned out to be the absolute highlight of our day. We headed to the vineyard, got some gorgeous socially distanced photos, the weather was beautiful, so whatever happens in October, uh, we'll have some sunny snaps to look back on. And the rest of the day was spent in the garden, drinking gin, having a barbecue, and received lots of deliveries and flowers from family and friends, so really overwhelmed by that. Um, we ran of the day off with a pizza and a zoom call with a couple of friends and are now just looking forward to when the big day finally arrives oh pascal that's such a lovely idea um, look you can't go past that day without marking it you have those memories in years to come of the day that should have been yeah and talking of stuff that people are waiting yeah. for dare i ask have you got a Mexico update for Oh, us? my goodness. You won't even believe it. I know. It's episode seven of the So So Show. We have been watching, we have been waiting with bated breath as Mexico on London Road has been closed for most of these podcasts. Last week, I gave you the update that they were decorating, changing the colours on the brand. Today, I can update you and tell you that Mexico is go, go, go. Hooray! Yes, it is. Is reopened. What's the first thing you're going to order when you walk through those doors or up to those doors? Because, of course, you can't go in. Um, everything. <laughs> what about that? Um, so I have a burrito. I have some rice and some beans and some... I have, a, like, it's almost like chunky chilli, steak chilli, you know. Oh. So that's really hot. And then we have a bit of salsa and a bit of this. Oh, my goodness. Look, you've Sounds just, fantastic. It'd take you half an hour to run through everything that I have in there. It'll take you about five <laughs> seconds to eat it all, though, because you're going to be so yeah. on for the Mexico after having to wait for so long. If you do go to Mexico and you buy a burrito... 
eat it like a bar of chocolate, you know, that way round. Don't go for the middle of it. Don't sit it horizontally and then take a bite out of the middle of it, which is the photo that they put up the other day of Justin Bieber doing just that. Oh, really? I mean, it's sick. What's wrong with him? (laughs) (laughs) He's a philistine. (laughs) So listen, that's it for another podcast. We really thank you for taking the time to listen to what we're doing here. And thank you to the new listeners who are dropping by after hearing Zoe make a return to radio in the week, chatting to Neil Sackley on BBC Radio Southern about this very podcast as well. I mean, it felt so strange. For 20 years, I was one side of the desk and then I was being interviewed. It was the weirdest thing. I I messaged you saying, I feel really nervous. I felt nervous for you too. (laughs) But it sounded great. I'm glad you didn't say that. (laughs) So we are available on Apple. We are available on Google. We are available just about anywhere you get your podcast from. If you haven't subscribed, yet please do and then we will mysteriously download onto your device every friday with a new edition of the so so show so i guess you're going to be reunited with litland in the next few days yes and do you know what it's going to be the biggest hug it isn't it is. as much as she says oh i want to be away from <laughs> you i'm like well yeah same but you know what it's always lovely if you haven't seen your little one for a couple of days it's always just lovely having that sort of that big cuddle when you first see them. that wonderful moment and i can't wait no i bet you can't well listen enjoy and we'll catch up next week have a great week zoe and you simon